Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Golden Black Radio as we take a look at this week in Purdue Athletics. Here's your host, Kyle Charter. With the Louisville football job opening again, speculation is running about the future of Purdue coach Jeff Braun. And it comes as Purdue is preparing for a Citrus Bowl matchup against LSU. That plus the basketball team's undefeated start on Cold and Black Radio. This one-day delayed podcast. Kyle Charters here, Tom Deanhart, Brian Newbert as well. Uh, Tom, here we are again. <laughs> Getting on the uh, the Brom Watch Merrick round. I would suspect that this time around, uh, with Jeff Brom, Louisville, Purdue, everything, there should be some sort of resolution, I would imagine, with all of this in somewhat short order. Yeah, I think for all parties involved, right, this, if there's something's going to happen as far as movement by Jeff Brom, it's, it's got to happen quick for Purdue's sake and for Louisville's sake. Um, that Louisville's operating without a head coach, Kyle, you know, signing day for freshmen is December starts December 21st. Of course, the portal's wide open. We know that. Guys are jumping in. Guys are getting recruited. So there's a lot going on with your roster, and you need a head coach to do it, and you need to know your head coach is going to be there to do it. So you're right. If something's going to happen, you think it's going to be soon here. The portal is the thing that changes sort of the timeline, right? I mean, this we didn't have the transfer portal when we were doing this four years ago. Yeah, that's big. And of course, the early signing period, too, Kyle. I remember when you covered it for years, it was the only one signing period. It was in February. That still yeah. exists, but now this early one in December sort of kicked things up. So you're right, the portal definitely is the new dynamic. Purdue, obviously, as, as listeners know, has had some players jump in, the biggest being Spencer Holstedge, the starting left guard for three years, Kyle. A huge loss. I can't underscore that enough. To a lesser extent, we saw Kobe uh, Kobe Lewis, the backup running back, hit the portal. Uh, and Kyle, I've heard I've heard numbers as high as 20 guys that could jump in the portal. So uh, and just buckle up because there could be more movement. But you know what, Kyle? Ask yourself this: If you're a Purdue player, you, you, you'd probably be wise to wait to see how this thing resolves with Brom before jumping in the portal. So again, uh, just a crazy time for a lot of people, coaches and and fans, and, and obviously the athletes. 20 guys, Tom. That is a that is a ton of guys. Now, look, uh, I'll be honest with you. Uh, a couple of guys have announced they're in the transfer portal, and I had to look up who they were. Uh, <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't, you know, There's years ago I knew. I think every, yeah, I, I, you know, when back when I was doing this every day, I knew every guy on the roster and where his hometown was and, and, heck, I probably knew who his high school head coach was. Uh, these days, not yep. so much. Uh, but I've seen a couple of guys, and I'm like, wait, I, I have no clue <laughs> who this guy is. Now, so there's some of that, and that's fine. Um, but you are right. You know, when you get into more name guys, Spencer Holstech, I mean, a two-year, right, at least a two-year starter, right, um, at, at left guard, a guy who's been a pretty good football player. Some of those are a little bit more eye-catching for Purdue, to say the least. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Ricky Smith was another one. He was a scholarship player, Kyle, from Orlando, a D-back. And then the others were walk-ons that we've seen so far. Of course, Kyle Bilodeau, the old tight end, who was a scholarship player but wasn't on the team this last year. 
a jump in the portal uh, within the last week, too. So, yeah, we'll see what happens, my friend, uh, moving forward. And, you know, with Jeff Brom, too, Kyle, it's business as usual. You know, we, we talked to Jeff Brom on Monday at the press conference for the bowl game. He was asked, of course, the, the requisite questions about the Louisville job. Said he hadn't been contacted. And, Kyle, he's out recruiting, too, my friend. Um, yesterday he was in Indianapolis <clears throat> recruiting or talking to commitments like Jerron Tibbs, Cedral, Dylan Thieneman. Uh, somebody told me he's going to be at IMG to visit Brian Liston on Friday. So, you know, like I said, he's still going about the business of being the Purdue football head coach while, while all this is going on in the background. I guess, I guess he's supposed to, but it's, it's just crazy right now. Yeah, it's always interesting how all this stuff, you know, works works out. I, I do, you know, I think coaches don't have contact directly with teams uh, at times yeah. until until they do. So, you know, there's some intermediaries that can that can take place. Clearly, Louisville is going to talk to him at some point, you would think, or make it known that they have a job opening. I mean, that that part seems uh, evident. The, 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 all the factors here remain the same sort of for Jeff Brom as what they did years ago, right? I mean, the draw of the hometown family versus, you know, what he has established at Purdue and being in the Big Ten. Uh, I mean, not not a whole lot has changed other than time, right? And yep. um, this being year six for Jeff Brom and sort of having taken now Purdue uh, to a Big Ten West division title and the championship game, um, that's really the, the most significant difference between then and now. I think that's a huge difference, though, Kyle. And 2018, yeah. it was just two years, obviously. I think, Kyle, most of his family wanted to go then. Jeff didn't want to go. He thought it was too soon. He had, what, Rondell Moore coming in and George Karloftis coming in. David, oh, Rondell Moore was there. He had David Bell and George Karloftis coming in. Just didn't yeah. feel right leaving at that point, right? And, again, just two years. Here we are. You talked about time, Kyle. Now we're at year six. And look at what he's accomplished in six years, Kyle. Maybe this was the zenith this last year, going to the Big Ten title game. We've seen him get Purdue back in the top 25 for the first time since, like, 2007. We've seen the first-round draft choice. You know, on and on it goes. If you look at the things he's been able to accomplish, you're looking at the big wins over top three teams. He's done a lot, Kyle, and if, I guess yeah. if you were ever going to drop the mic and say, I'm out of here, now would be the time, right? And I don't think most people would begrudge him. I think they realize it's been, a, for overall, Kyle, I think a job well done for the most part. And if you want to check out, hey, that's, that, that, that's fine. Thanks for, thanks for the work. Thanks for getting us upright again. We really appreciate it. So, again, I, I don't think most people would have an issue if he leaves, it's just this awkwardness right now, the transition. You know, people want a resolution. They want to know what's going on. And right now, everybody's sort of in limbo. Yeah, I agree with all your points there. I mean, brought energy back to a Purdue program that, man, at the end of the Daryl Hazel era was just completely down in the dumps. I mean, they've end football games with 6,000 people in the stands uh, and, and nine victories in four years. I mean, it's just incredible uh, where Purdue has come since then to now and just re-energizing the program, which was maybe uh, job number one. And it certainly has been accomplished to this point. Um, through all this, uh, Tom, Purdue has to prepare for a football game, uh, the Cheez-It Citrus Bowl down there in Orlando. 
against an LSU team that heck, just a couple of weeks ago thought maybe it had a backdoor pass to getting into the college football playoffs. Now, things changed a lot during the last couple of weeks, including a loss at Texas A&M, which is not very good. Uh, but this is a pretty good Tigers team that has to prepare to play a football game against. Yeah, they've got their questions with their roster, and there's some disappointment for them. They got beat 50 to, what, 30, I think, in the SEC title game. You talked about the woulda, shoulda, coulda. How motivated is LSU going to be? And um, the rosters, Kyle, what are the rosters going to look like between now and we get to kickoff on January 2nd on Orlando? We talked about the transfer portal attrition. We've seen some for Purdue. LSU's going to have some. Purdue's probably going to have more. And, Kyle, maybe even a bigger question, my friend, what's the opt-out situation going to be for Purdue if there are opt-outs? Is Charlie Jones going to play? Aiden O'Connell, Payne Durham, Jalen Graham, Corey Trice. All those guys have eyes on the NFL. I'm not saying any of them are top first or second or third round picks, but Charlie Jones has been pretty banged up this year. Is he going to play again? How about Aiden O'Connell? So, again, it's going to be interesting to see if they have a lot of their quote-unquote superstars playing in this game as well. Yeah, it'll be interesting. I, I, I Purdue doesn't have any clear, like, top draft picks, so I would think that they would play, but, man, that would make a huge difference for the Boilermakers if they did not. Answer me this, Tom. Will there come a point one day, and I'm not saying this is going to happen at Purdue, but will there not come a point with some team someday that simply says, we don't have enough of our front-line offensive linemen, for instance, <laughs> or we've lost our two scholarship quarterbacks and we're going to have to play our third-string walk-on, or something else that just causes the team to say, hey, we're in, we're in real trouble here. I mean, you cannot, you cannot play a football game without, say you lost four starters on your offensive line. Uh, and that would be a that would be a real problem for a team to try to play. Uh, I mean, you couldn't play an SEC opponent if you lost your entire starting offensive line, for instance, and had to play backups. You just couldn't do it. It'd be tough, you know. I, I'm not sure if we'll ever get to that point, but who knows? Never say never, right? Um, I think about Iowa this year, Kyle. Um, Spencer Petras isn't going to be able because of injury. And their backup, Alex Padilla, has hit the portal. I was going to play a, like a totally unproven quarterback in their bowl game against Kentucky. So there's one little small example there of a, of a team facing a lot of, a, I guess, a crisis of depth at a key position. It's going to have to turn to a total greenhorn in what's yeah. supposed to be the, the ultimate game of the year, right, the, the apex of your season. Isn't that funny, Kyle, about college football? supposed to build to this, this this climax to your season, the celebration, right? And it's all everything falls apart for teams with coaches and players. It's just a crazy sport where what you're supposed to be striving for, you get to the finish line, Kyle, and it all seems to fall apart, and you're playing in these games that really have no meaning. Yeah. Yeah, it's weird. It does. I mean, it. Uh, I don't know how you fix it. <laughs> I don't know if you can, aside from moving the bowl games up till uh, a week after the end of the regular season, but clearly that's not going to happen. So I don't know. I, uh, I don't, this yeah. is the way it's going to be, at least for now. It's college football, and uh, you know the playoff is really 
really made a lot of these these other bowl games. It really shone a light and let everybody know well, why 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 can't it we playing in these games? What's what, what's yeah. what's the meaning? So I mean, again, I, I believe me, I love college football, but I'm gonna tell you this, Kyle. If, I, if I'm Charlie Jones, why should I play in this game? Yeah. What do I got to gain, Kyle? What do I have to gain? I've got everything to lose and nothing to gain. Tell me why I should play yeah. the game. Because of because of school pride. Just does. Does you because you should play? Really? Because you're a football you're a football player and you should play. No, I got millions of dollars on the line, buddy. I'm not going out there playing LSU at one o'clock on January second. I say no thanks. Yeah. I don't want to rain on people's parades, but I think if you're in a situation like that, you got a ticket to the senior bowl, you get you're probably gonna be drafted and make some money. You've been beat up all year. Your coach may be leaving. Really? I want to play in that game? I don't know. Just food for thought. I don't know. Yeah, I've never blamed guys for opting out. Didn't didn't blame, you know, David Bell and, and George Karloftis. I mean, it made a lot of sense for, for them. Does it make sense for guys on this Purdue team with where they might be drafted? I don't know. I don't think it's quite as clear, uh, in my opinion, on that front. Uh, yeah, yeah, we'll have plenty of time to discuss that, though, between now and then. Yeah. Oh, All right, yeah. thanks, Tom. Take care, buddy. All right, let's take a break. We'll come back. We'll talk to uh, Brian about uh, hoops. We'll do that coming up next on Golden Black Radio. At Purdue Federal Credit Union, it's about a relationship. A relationship that goes where you go, wherever you are in life. A relationship that's committed to free financial wellness resources, lower fees, and innovative digital banking solutions. Because we believe in people helping people. Let's build your financial future together. Purdue Federal Credit Union, your trusted financial partner for life. Federally insured by NCUA. On the far end of Main Street in downtown Lafayette, you'll find East End Grill, Industrial Classic. The restaurant is built like a steakhouse, but handles like a bistro. East End Grill's menu includes creative starters, simple chopped salads, burgers, fresh fish, and steaks, and the signature shrimp and grits. The staff prepares every item from scratch and emphasizes simple meals that incorporate fresh, local, and seasonal ingredients. A warm and inviting dining room features a cozy bar that includes a great selection of craft beer, inspired cocktails, and a robust and expanding wine list. Whatever your entertainment needs are, a cocktail at the bar, dinner with family, or a special event in the private dining room, the energized and attentive staff is here for you. East End Grill in downtown Lafayette, welcome to our table. Bring in your new year at Sand Valley. Begin the evening with a champagne toast. Indulge in a chef-driven menu, complete with curated wine pairings, and celebrate with live music. Stay the weekend as there's plenty of exploration and adventure to enjoy. To reserve your stay, call 844 844- Two seven seven zero one nine one, or visit sandvalleypursuits.com backslash New Year's Eve. Designing and building since 1968, TNW has changed the way people think about construction. TNW's three-stage approach to designing and building is unmatched throughout the construction industry. Learn more about TNW's people, passion, and projects at twdesignbuild.com. Welcome to Golden Black Radio as we take a look at this week in Purdue Athletics. Hey, Kyle, here with Brian. We'll mainly talk some hoops, but wanted to catch up with Brian, see how his Brom watch is going uh, so far as we enter day two. How, how's, uh, how's Brom watch going for you? Um, I don't know how much of a watch there is, but uh, <laughs> it's not really my problem. I'm, I'm the basketball guy. 
No, I know. Um, let's talk a little bit of uh, hoops. Purdue stays undefeated, gets a Minnesota on on Sunday. Um, Zach Eady's pretty good. What a thirty thirty one and twenty two. I'm impressed. I'm impressed that he's improved uh, as much as he has from last year. Not that I felt like he was necessarily a finished product, but sometimes when you're seven foot four and as big as you are, there's just some things that that you have a ceiling on, right? Um, and man, it, it, it seems like he has bust through some of those ceilings, and he has he has been pretty good this year, to say the least. I mean, it's impressive. Well, he's had to rise to the occasion on some things with this team because of how much more is being asked of him. Uh, yeah. You know, I, I I don't think the minutes are as big a deal as people uh, tend to talk about, but I think that he just bears more responsibility for this team. I, I, I think, uh, as I've said for a couple weeks now, a couple months now, I think he's you know, probably Purdue's most important offensive decision maker, you know, stuff like that. He's obviously the foundation of what they're trying to do from a defensive perspective and it's been kind of like a ready or not, here we come kind of thing for him where he's in this role that he's not been in before ever in his basketball career. He's never been the best player on his team. Um, yeah. He's never been the centerpiece of a team, uh, not just at the college level, but at anything prior. Uh, and he's just, he's been cast into the situation now where he is the unquestioned piece that Purdue's building around. And he has delivered in every single way he possibly could. He has, um, uh, he's been everything Purdue could have possibly wanted from him and more. He's been great on defense. He's been great on offense. He's been elite on the glass. Uh, he's playing the best defense of his career. Um, he's made good, he's made good decisions uh, from an offensive perspective. He's made good passes. He's been a good leader. I think he's been this. I think he's been, he's provided some stability mm-hmm. from a personality perspective too that you know Purdue probably could have used last year. Um, but I think he's just been really consistent. He's been really steady, and he's the single biggest reason for Purdue's success so far. You mentioned that he's better defensively. He is a lot better defensively. I, that's one area where I, I didn't know that he could make the kind of improvements that he could make. But he is a he is a better rim protector than what he was in the past. Uh, that's for sure. And then he's also, you know, moving moving well and, and going after and getting rebounds. I think now like 13 rebounds per game. He's averaging. And I thought that, you know, I thought that he was a good, you know, some guys, some guys when they're seven foot four aren't great rebounders because it's just that the, 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 it takes them too long to get to the ball, but he's a good rebounder, great rebounder. Um, those rebounder. two things, yeah, in my he's... opinion. Yeah. I mean, he's a great rebounder, but he's a really good defensive player now too, which I just did not see that coming really for him, but he's been solid. Yeah. He has been good defensively, but he is also benefiting from the fact that the other four guys on the floor with him are generally doing what they're supposed to be doing much more than they were, um, you know, yeah. prior in his career. Um, and I think uh, that's part of it. I think when everybody else is doing what they're supposed to be doing, everybody looks better. And I think to give you a small example, you're seeing Purdue doing a much better job steering the ball into him and kind of downing those side screens the way that. Purdue wants to funnel everything to the uh, sideline to kind of keep things out of the paint. Um, I think Purdue's doing a good job all across the board, kind of forcing teams into sort of contested, difficult twos. Uh, and he's his job on that is basically to to um, 
yeah, contest, but also just kind of be there and just kind of stand there and just kind of, you know, scare people. And I think he's, he's, uh, um, he's being put in more positions to succeed from a defensive perspective than he was, you know, prior. Um, but yeah, he's absolutely improved. He looks quicker. He looks more, uh, he looks more sudden. He looks like he's, he's reacting to things before they happen instead of after they happen. And that, that's a really hard thing to do when, you know, you're not the most aerodynamic individual, uh, on the court. Um, but yeah, I mean, as I, I, I said before, he is, you can't ask much more for him, if anything, than what you've gotten from him so far, if you're Purdue. Yeah, no doubt. So I think one of the big questions we had about Purdue is how it would react to being uh, more in this front runner status, uh, you know, ranked fifth last week, up to fourth this week. Certainly the Florida State game was a good test, maybe for more reasons than than just that the Seminoles were any good. Clearly their record's not very good. But some of the travel and then coming back home to Minnesota, it does seem like Purdue has, has handled this pretty well, being a, a team now that uh, – you know, went from out of the top 25 and one that many people, rightly or wrongly, felt like was in a little bit of a rebuild type mode or reload type low, uh, role this year to to one that's playing really well. Seems like they've reacted well to that. Yeah, um, and I, that that doesn't necessarily surprise me. I think this is a pretty level-headed team. I, I think this is a team that's probably better suited to handle success uh, than uh, last year's team was. I, I, I don't want to really make a lot of comparisons to last year and this year. I keep doing it anyway because it's our frame of reference here. But, right. you know, Travion Williams was at Purdue. Um, one of the things he never really did very well was handle success. When people were talking about him positively and, and stuff like that, it kind of affected him. Um and I, I think there were some ways that some bad tones were set for that team uh, in that regard. And I don't think Purdue had the strongest personalities to kind of override it. Um, mm-hmm. But I think this is, you know, from Zach Eady on down, literally and figuratively, um, I think that, uh, you know, Purdue has a, has a very, very level head. Uh, I, I think they're just a very steady team from a personality perspective I think the two freshman guards have been a huge part of that too because they both came in here like adults and nothing really phases them um, for better and worse uh, I, I don't think struggling is going to phase them when that time finally comes that they do and I don't think succeeding is is is, is going to phase them you know Trey Kaufman ran is the same way Caleb Purse is the same way they're like the same dudes every day and uh, yeah. no matter what's going on and I think you know, some of the returnees, the Mason Gillises, the Ethan Mortons, you know, they were part of that last year. They saw, you know, where Purdue fell short when Purdue could have been so much more than it was. And I think they probably learned from that. And, um, you know, they're now more empowered to have their voices heard. And I think uh, you're just much better suited to handle this sort of thing this year. Um, but you never yeah. know, uh, you know, there are still going to be days where Purdue just doesn't have it, where Purdue just has to grind it out. Florida State was one of those days, and they yeah. did. And I think that was that was a really encouraging sign because Purdue was really set up like a bowling pin in that game to struggle uh, because of the because of the travel deal and because you have to figure at some point Florida State's going to figure it out. They just don't have the bodies right now. Um, yeah, uh, you've caught them in a very uh, unique year for them. But that's also not 
the scariest of road environments. You remember last year when Purdue was number one, the first place they had to go was Rutgers, uh, which is <laughs> yeah. not an easy place to play. It is not an easy no. place to play. And they always have tough kids, and they always have visceral, emotional kids. And, you know, there's going to come a point in time where Purdue has to go somewhere with a single-digit number next to its name, most likely, and it's 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 not going to be easy. And that's yeah. when um, – that's probably the true test of this team. But every test they've they've had so far, they've, they've aced. So um, yeah. there are going to be ups and downs. I just don't know when the downs are actually going to come because they haven't right. come yet. Uh-huh. As uh, as someone who has dealt with a sore back here for now two months, uh, I feel for Mason Gillis, and all I have to do is try to figure out ways to sit comfortably on a couch, not try to play basketball. Uh, what's his status going forward, do you know? I don't know. I have no idea. Uh, it was deemed minor uh, when we were told about it, so I have to take them at their word and and uh, and – think it's minor uh there's no reason to have to play him against Hofstra I wouldn't think um yeah you have a situation here where you you have too many good players at his position too so Mm -hmm. uh I I don't know how much you have to you have to rush him back uh at the same time you know he might want to rush back because that's kind of the competitor Mm -hmm. he is but also been around the block a couple times and there stands that hey I don't might not be the best idea to let Caleb Purse keep going crazy here or uh, Trey Coffin <laughs> keep going crazy here. Uh, yeah. That's not to say that he's he's going to lose his spot, but, you know, this is sort of what happened to, you know, Brandon Newman last year uh, to a certain extent um, or two years ago. Um, right. But he's too good a player. He's too valuable. He's too important. He's too experienced for his, his role to diminish because he – he missed a game or two because of a bad back, but um, he is in sort of that situation where I'm sure he's one of a half a dozen guys on this team probably who legitimately want to be playing more and have earned the right to be playing more who, you know, aren't playing, you know, the sort of 30 minutes, 30 minute roles that their status on this team probably uh, would justify. Um, So he, for all we know, he, he will want to get back ASAP. Um, So Purdue might not rush him back, but he might rush back. He probably is going to want to, you know, be as smart about that as he can because you don't want to mess with back problems. Um, um, But I could see him, I could see him laying out a couple games. I could also see him, you know, kind of crowbarring himself right back out there right away. Real quick. I got like a minute. When does Purdue lose? Uh, Ostra at Nebraska, Davidson, New Orleans. You're at asking the wrong guy because I, I I thought Purdue was I thought I figured Purdue would you know if they won a game or two out in Portland you'd you'd call it a win. Uh, they're just so far ahead of where they should be and where I thought they'd be. Yeah. Um, I wasn't wrong. I mean everything that everything conventional thinking about college basketball says suggested Purdue you know shouldn't be where they are right now. Uh, but that's mm-hmm. a credit to them, and that's a credit to their freshmen, and that's a credit to everybody on the team. Uh, the coaches, the the veterans, the new guys, you know, on and on and on. There's going to come times in the Big Ten when you're, um, you know, when you're playing in really difficult environments, 
Ohio State's that first difficult road trip. I don't know if Ohio State's yeah. that kind of environment. I don't know how good Ohio State is. I don't know how good anyone in the Big Ten is yet. Um, <laughs> every time I think somebody's good, they get beat by somebody. Um, Purdue hasn't yet. Does that mean Purdue's the best team in the Big Ten? I don't know if I'm ready to say that, but they're, they're sure playing like it. Uh, you can't do any more than what they've done so far. So when is the first time they're going to lose? Uh, if I had the schedule in front of me, maybe I could give you a better answer. But um, Ohio State's the first real big test in, in the Big Ten. But that being right. said, you can't take anything for granted here. You can go to Nebraska. Nebraska's beaten some high major teams. And how often yeah. can have we been able to say that about Nebraska? Um, I think that this team needs to do is keep their keep their eye on the P's and Q's here and make sure that they don't think that they're good. Um, keep keep playing like you're not good. Keep playing like you're rebuilding. You know stuff like that. That's what's gotten Purdue to this point, and that's what's going to uh, keep Purdue at this level uh, if they're able to sustain it. Yeah. Thanks, Brian. Yep. No problem. That'll do it for the podcast for this week. We do appreciate you listening. If you like the podcast, be sure to rate us five stars and leave us a comment as well. Subscribe via your favorite podcast app. Search Gold and Black Radio. All right, that'll do it for the podcast. Uh, Thanks to our sponsors. And for Tom Deanhart and Brian Newbert, I'm Kyle Charters. Thanks for listening. This is Gold and Black Radio. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer and set of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models in dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.